welcome to Unearthing You, a place where women come together to have honest, raw, and deep conversations about the things that happen as you're going through growth, up-level, and expansion. I am your host, Chelsea Sillabon, bringing you a beautiful rendition of my love. Enjoy! This week, you have two episodes. Um, This is the second episode, kind of a bonus. Um, I'm so excited. Katie is just a force to be reckoned with. We connected at an in-person event we had never met before, and we were within a small group, and we kind of, like, like, just naturally facilitated the group together, and um, there was such power and energy in the way that we did it because we we just complimented each other in such beautiful ways and um so I was just like oh I know that I need to connect with her there's something there's some energy there and then as we began to record this episode it was just so so apparent um so I wanted to talk a little bit about Katie before before we get into the episode and I make a quick announcement So Katie is a coach and facilitator who works with empathetic women to help them turn their sensitivities into their superpower, hence the name of the episode. (laughs) Um, She sees that so many women are gifted with incredible empathy and that empathy gives them the ability to heal and create a powerful connection, yet she... It is that same emotional depth that details them from moving forward in their lives at the speed that they're capable of. Um, She works with them to tune into their inner power and manage their emotions so they can. And um, this episode is filled with so many nuggets and wisdom, and I'm so excited to be offering it to you guys and to be sharing it with you. And... um, Just a quick announcement before we dive into the episode with Katie. Uh, Devoted Beauty, my group coaching program with a retreat, is open for enrollment. Man, this program is such, mm, such a creation of my heart. It is all of the wonderful things that, um, that I love about coaching. They're all put into one little package with a pretty little bow. Um, I really got the inspiration for this during a live event in September and a meditation. I got the name of it and I kind of just sat with it. I knew it was going to be something amazing and I sat with it and it ended up becoming this amazing 10-week program for the woman who is really looking to build some resilience in her life, who is really looking to, you know, not feel so, like, burdened by the things that come up, that just wants to see the beauty in life and reclaim the beauty that exists within her by developing a deep devotion and connection to to her and her inner knowing and her intuition and her sovereignty and relationships um so if this sounds like something that you want 
If this sounds like something you're interested in knowing more about, please don't feel, don't hesitate, should I say, don't hesitate to reach out and connect with me. I'm always open for connection, always open to hearing from you and getting your, um, and just being in your energy and seeing how we both can support each other because I firmly believe that as I, as my clients experience growth i too am experiencing so much amazing growth and so i am just so excited to be offering this to you and to be hearing from you very soon um yeah so if you if you want to know more about it and if you want to connect on it and talk about it a little bit more you can send me a dm on instagram or facebook or you can go to um or you can send me an email at hello at chelseasyllabon.com and we will get connected the links to all of those things are in the show notes so if you are worried about spelling or don't know where to find me go to the show notes they're there um and without further ado we have katie here with us and let's dive in now all right hello welcome to the unearthing you podcast today we have katie with us hi (laughs) so something that i always like to start with is what are you unearthing in your life okay well i really am I feel like I'm unearthing my entire life right now, pretty much. Um, I am for the first time really stepping into what it is I'm meant to be doing on this planet. And in the process of that, I am clearing out a whole bunch of shit that shouldn't be there. All the stuff that I have built, um, in my late teens, early, mid, late twenties. So what that looks like is I actually moved from, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and I moved out to San Diego in January of this year because I knew that there was a whole new version of me that was really asking to be uncovered. There was a new version of me knocking at the door And I knew that if I was to stay in the exact same environment that I've always been in, and I grew up in Toronto, I went to school two hours outside of there, I had all the same friends, that if I didn't go somewhere that called out those other pieces, that I would remain exactly where I was. And so really, I have been in a complete state of newness, of growth, of discomfort, of emotional shit storms, um, and also really incredible joy and purpose and love. Um, and it's been really amazing, but I've been really getting rid of all of the expectations that I've put on myself that I thought I was supposed to be or where I was supposed to be and when I was supposed to do it so that I can really listen and trust and take big leaps in my life right now. Mm, I love it. Isn't it the most amazing Mm. thing? Like when we have these two things that seem to be contrasting, like our shadow and our light, and they seem to come together into one just like beautiful thing that we 
that we get to experience and it it's like we don't know what we're feeling in one moment we're like happy and elated and the next moment we're like what the hell is this and then the next moment it and it's just like this big roller coaster but it just feels so amazing because we know that we're living in our purpose mm. I love it mm-hmm. yeah I I, one big thing that has really shifted for me and that I've only realized in the last few months is that I really held on to this identity of someone who understood things. So I could, you know, psychoanalyze the shit out of myself. I could do it to other people. I could understand why people were doing certain things. I was a super quick learner. And at first it was great. It got me to a certain place. And then as soon as things started to happen that I couldn't understand about myself, it really rattled me. It rattled me so hard when I had an emotion or I had a day and I couldn't figure out what the heck was happening. It it was so scary. And since those really, it was like a week of real scariness, everything's been better. And so it was just new evidence to remind myself that not knowing doesn't mean bad not knowing actually means there's something greater guiding me. And if I am the limit, if I'm always in that driver's seat, like the limit is going to be by what I have in my thoughts and what I have in my day to day. But when I let go, there's so much more possible. Mm, Yes. I love it. I can so relate to that. Um, in, in a lot of ways, but in such a, like, in such a different way, I guess you could say, before we met in San Diego, I actually it, like went through this huge ego death process of like literally for like three months of just being in my shit, being in the lowest of my low, being in breakdown mode and not knowing what was coming out of it and being really like scared and like anxious and like, what am I doing? And really trying to put pressure on myself to like get out of that spot. But the second that I kind of surrendered into that state of being of like, okay, it's okay to be in this state. It's okay to be where I'm at. I was able to, to like process everything that I needed to process. And then when we met at that live event in San Diego, I was so open to be like, to receive whatever I needed to receive because I had been in such a low point for so long. And so I totally understand what you're talking about with like being in that low. And when you're able to surrender into it, it's like beauty emerges from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny even because I have not experienced and it feels even weird to say this, but I have not experienced a long low moment in my life. Like I've never Mm -hmm. been my shit for a long time and I keep hearing about people recently it's everywhere like they were down and out and then this amazing thing came and it's weird because I have this weird feeling that there's a bigger low that I'm about to step into which is a really weird thing to start like being conscious of and it's this fear of like how low do I need to go to learn my lessons or how low do I need to go to be able to surrender and realizing that it sometimes just takes people getting that low before they surrender and realizing, okay, Katie, if you don't want to go that low, you can just surrender now. Mm. You can just be open now. But my ego still holds on to certain things tightly. And um, I know that there's another level 
that's coming for me at some point. I don't know when and where, and I'm open to it, but I feel it. So I'm so happy you're out of yours. Yay. Me too. Oh my gosh. And it feels amazing. It was like this huge long darkness. And I was like, what in the world is going to come of this? And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm fine. Like I feel so much better. And I've been in those like low moments, but they haven't been so low, you know? And I think that what you said is really important is that like, no, not everybody has to go to that extreme low, you know, and every, everybody's low is relative to their own, but like, not everybody has to go there. Like you can just decide that like, I surrender in this moment and my low, current low is as low as I'm going and that's, and so it is and whatever. So, um, yeah, I, would love to hear a little bit more about like your story pre um, pre like moving to California and everything like that. And like kind of how your story has helped map your purpose. A hundred percent. It's a great one. Actually, who knows? That's a pretty big, I think it's a great <laughs> one. Um, it's pretty basic in a lot of ways because I think it mirrors a lot of people's stories. Um, I, so I, have always been or was always one of those people who hated making decisions, hated getting uncomfortable. I was quite smart, um, personable. Like I had, like I used to describe myself and my dad and I would talk about this. I was the 80% kid, you know, I didn't have to work very hard to get an 80 in school. And so I never worked that hard. Be, so I always did just enough to get by no matter what I was doing, but it was, it was pretty good. And I think because of that, I was never really forced to try really hard or look really deeply at certain things. I kind of coasted through life pretty easily. And I think the first, the first thing that was really hard for me in my life was when I um, had just graduated college I feel so weird. I'm Canadian. We say university, but since I've moved here, I've been trying to adapt some of the American lingos. Well, my I, Canadian I say friends university are... too, so you're good. Do like, you? Yeah, like I use okay. college and university and university interchangeably, so you're... Okay, I'm going back then because I'm sure my Canadian friends are like, what the hell are you doing, Katie? <laughs> okay, so I had graduated university and in university, I was a uh, very competitive rower. You guys also call that crew here. So mm -hmm. I was uh, competing at a provincial level. I was going to nationals. I was on the varsity team. And that was a huge part of my identity in my life. I was the captain. I was the president, all the things. And in that time, I met a man. Mm -hmm. And we ended up dating he was also a rower for five and a half years now that's a long time and actually when i think back to that i'm like like that five and a half years feels like six months of my current life in that time span and it was so long of the same and i'll be honest about two years with two years left, like I think I had hit a wall of, I don't know if this is the person for me. I really like him and it's really great, but I mean, we don't have sex anymore. 
I don't really want to, I don't feel passionate. And I ha kept having this question, do I not want to have sex because I'm not sure I love him or do I not want to have sex or do I not, am I not sure I love him because I don't want to have sex? Like it was this loop that I kept trying to figure out. And I thought, we don't fight. Is that because I don't care enough? So it was like all these relationship questions that kept coming and this, just this feeling of there's got to be something more. And I knew in my life, there's also got to be something more because I started my own business out of school. I wasn't passionate about it. It was a great business idea, but I knew like there's just something more for me in general. And, and he was amazing by the way, like really, really great. He's engaged now and I'm super happy for him. Oh, that's great. But I ended up finally, yeah, I'm like, it just makes my heart very, very happy because there was also a lot of guilt wrapped up in that relationship for me. Um, and so when I left him, um, I went on my own sort of relationship, sexual exploration. And um, in that time, was starting to explore my career and I ended up meeting another guy actually out in San Diego when I was here on a business trip totally thinking like hey we'll go to the beach and it'll be fantastic um no big deal you know just someone to hang out with and we fell in love like that and it was the complete opposite relationship to what I had had for five and a half years which really it was it was rocky, but it was passionate and it was amazing. And I felt free and confident. And in that time I started a new career. So that was sort of the catalyst for Katie's sort of next generation. Mm. And in that there was a ton, a ton of growth. Um, that relationship was really hard and um, it was long distance. Like we literally built a relationship out of long distance and we are probably like the most opposite two people to be together ever. That's me and, and my yet there's too. like, there's still, is it? Yeah. 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 And of course it's like, cool. You're my ego pretty much staring me at my, in my face all the time, reminding me of where I get to lean in next and what I get to work on next. So that is so beautiful because when two people and this is, this is really has, what has been the sort of catalyst of my belief and my kind of entrance into conscious relationship is when you discover if two people are committed to facing off with their egos through the other person over and over and using it for their own personal growth, it can be such an incredible, deep, powerful teacher. I think what had happened with us was that I was ready for that and he was not. He wasn't ready to, you know, it was a lot of work. And in that process, there was so much growth for me that I really learned all about where my, what my fears were, what my deepest pain was. And then throughout that relationship, I actually started my first exposure into personal development work and went to an emotional intelligence training here in San Diego as well. And that just sort of like catapulted the last year of my life. So it's been just over a year and basically through that relationship and through that training, which I now coach and facilitate, my whole life has catapulted. And so it's been crazy and amazing and scary and hard, but it's for the first time where I'm peeling off all those layers of 
procrastination and uncertainty and unmotivation and going, okay, so all the things that I experienced in this relationship and all the things that I've learned, I'm actually able to teach that to other women because holy shit, every fucking other woman is experiencing literally the same thing. Like I just had a call with a gal today and she's speaking about a situation and I'm like, are you in my past right now? Like what, like, did you know that? Like, just change the name girl. And this is me. So it's been such a good reminder that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I'm finally allowing myself to own that and to really hold space for other women and be that leader for them, which is super exciting. Mm, yeah. So much, so much goodness, like came out of that, um, came out of your story. And I feel like there's a lot of similarities in our stories with, with my husband and how we've related to each other. Like I use his ego to face off with my ego, like his personality and all of that, like is a big, uh, trigger for me. And so allowing myself to just like stand in that moment with him and like not take it out on him, but really just reflect within and just let him know, like, this is what I'm feeling. And to have that really like open and vulnerable conversation really has like allowed us to like grow together because he's not into this work. He's not into like personal development. And so, yeah, just so, and I, I so understand too, like, like the clients that we work with, the people that like come into our lives, they're, they're so much a reflection of, of the, the last version of us or these like past versions of us that like, needed to learn these certain things and now we can like help women and coach women through that and it's truly a magnificent and beautiful experience just just being able to witness somebody else's growth in the same way that you were able to grow but in their own unique way because everybody grows differently even if we have the same the same stories right definitely yeah it's it's and also knowing that there, you know, maybe because of my story and my experience, I can shorten their growth time. Mm -hmm. And if I can, you know, have them see something, even if it's one month earlier than, or one mistake or one like low point sooner than they would have to experience it themselves for them to really get it. To me, that's what coaching is all about. Because if I can do that for them, and then, you know, however many more women, then they can do that for other women sooner, just by who they be, whether or not they're coaches. And that's how we speed things up. Like that's how we grow as a collective so much quicker. If we're willing to use our own lessons and our own stories to save other people from those same hardships. Mm, yes. 100%. I agree with all of that. Just collapsing time and allowing like facilitating their growth in a way that doesn't have to like feel difficult where you get to be supported and you get to see things maybe a little bit faster than you would have seen them by yourself. So I love all of that. Um, I, I would love to hear kind of how, how, how you feel like empathy. Cause that's like such a big part of like your, your work here is like taking women's empathy, their ability to empathize with others and translating it into their creation to their connection and so I'd love to just hear more about like how you do that or how you feel that that like they work together yeah so it's interesting because in order 
to create connection, in order to create intimacy, in order to heal others, in order to do any of those things, empathy is really, really essential. Mm. And so many women have that natural gift of being very empathetic. Now, obviously there's degrees, but you know, innately women are really empathetic beings. The problem comes in the world that we live in today, our, our empathy can actually get in the way of us connecting, standing for ourselves, making a bigger impact and achieving what we want. Because we can, you know, number one, absorb other people's shit. We absorb their emotions. We take on their stuff because we care so much and we can really empathize and feel what they're feeling. And just that alone, holding that energy of someone else can impact our energetic space and our groundedness. Um, but then from another standpoint, especially in relationship, and this has been probably one of my biggest growth lessons is that just because I can understand why he's showing up that way or why he's doing what he's doing doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean it works for me. And, and that's a hard line to play because we get into this place of, well, you know, let's not blame him. It's not his fault or let's not judge. And we get into the space. I see it all the time where we understand exactly what they're going through and like, oh, well, you know, he's really going through a tough time and I get it. And it's like, well, doesn't mean he can talk to me that way. doesn't mean he can react that way. And by doesn't mean he can, you know, he can, am I going to allow it in my space is that what i'm willing to accept in relationship mm -hmm. and i think that's where empathy can be such a struggle because we love someone deeply and so we rarely actually get deeply angry it's very like i know it is very hard for me to get mad i'm so rarely angry because there's always that voice that can justify or understand or empathize with mm -hmm. them that it blocks me from actually having my own experience. And so whether that's in relationship or in work, you know, a lot of my clients are actually in corporate jobs and they have trouble asking for time off. They have trouble, you know, pushing something forward with a deadline or they have trouble bringing something up because they already create the answers and the explanation and they can empathize where that person is. And what that does is it just creates room for story. It makes them hold on to other energy that isn't theirs and it allows behaviors that don't actually serve either party. Mm. So, so much of my work is really allowing women to see where their empathy is holding them back where it's actually not serving them or the other person because in any like in any relationship you know if it's not serving like if it's not serving me it's not serving the other person because we have some sort of agreement that this should be a win-win so it doesn't mean like there's no you or i if it's not serving one in any type of partnership it's not serving the partnership mm. and so that goes to work too so it's identifying really what's in the way and where is that coming from and then getting to the root, realigning on you know, what is true for us and getting really back connected to ourselves, which is super important. Um, 
and then allowing them to see where the empathy can actually be such a gift because with empathy like empathetic people make incredible leaders because we can see what is happening we can read a room we can understand the needs of multiple people in a team and use that with our other skills to actually bring the team together and achieve more oh. or in relationship you know understand where they're at so that we don't come from a reactive judgy whatever place and then communicate with compassion communicate with love but from a place of our own needs our own power that is grounded in like our own being and what we want to create so it's one of those incredible double-edged swords that i think gets women to a certain place you know empathy combines intelligence like you'll see so many successful women but then they get stuck they hit they hit a point where they can't go to that next level because it's that empathy it's that understanding and considering everyone else that stops them from saying what do i need and that's really really what i work with women on mm, yeah i feel like this conversation could could go in so many different directions but the two main things that i'm hearing is like the ability to set boundaries of like knowing what it is that you want and like what you're going to accept in your life and standing for what you want it what you want and the second thing is, is like this idea of self-care is like how are we not taking care of ourselves because when we're not setting boundaries when we are allowing these um these types of things to like hold us back that is that is lack of self-care because we don't fully see we're we're not fully leaning into our desires and when we lean into our desires that's when we're leaning into self-care it's nothing it doesn't have to look any certain way self-care can simply just be having a conversation with somebody saying like hey that wasn't okay with me that's self-care right there like it doesn't have to be going and taking a bath like it gets to be whatever the hell you want it to be and so um yeah i've i've been loving your like your conversation on boundaries and how like no is an answer it's 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 an answer it's simple no that's not okay and you don't have to say anything more mm -hmm. than that and i feel like that's something that's so important to talk about and in in such a big conversation because i even find myself now like saying to somebody like if they're like oh are you gonna come still and the other day something happened are you coming and i was like no not tonight i'm just da, da, da. and i was like why am i explaining like i don't need to explain myself i can just simply say no not tonight maybe next time like let's take a rain check or however you want it to look like it we feel like if we explain ourselves it makes it better somehow like mm -hmm. you know like well and that's the also the kind of like because we as empaths like because we can understand people explanation and that understanding is really comforting for us and i don't know about you but one a big sort of like when my little girl comes out super angry and throwing a tantrum a lot of the time what she's saying is you don't understand you don't understand mm -hmm. me that's not what i mean you don't understand me and I have done it so many times where I'm trying to explain myself in partnership. I'm trying to explain why I feel this way. Explain, explain. And you know what I realized? It doesn't fucking matter because they don't get it half the time anyway. So mm. it shouldn't actually matter. So why do we waste our breath trying to have someone see it the way we do? They're mm. different people. They are 
completely different with a different set of tools with different experiences. And so for us to always want people to see it the way we do and understand, it's just exhausting. It exhausts yeah. us. It exhausts them. I'll tell you that. And it never actually gets us to where we go. And so it's about trusting ourselves that that boundary is that boundary because it is for me. And that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I, I had a friend, okay. sorry, I'll just, just on your, before you go, because of that story you said, I had a friend actually ask me, it was two weeks ago. Um, there was an event after something we were at, we were, there was bowling. And she says, are you coming bowling? And I said, no. And she goes, why not? And even with that, I almost had the inkling to make up some reason. And I literally said, because I don't want to. And her face was, uh, and then she said, okay, true. Cause I'm like, what, what you, who cares why I'm not coming bowling? I'm saying no, but it was a powerful thing to say, because I do not want to. It's as <laughs> simple as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's so important is like, no is an answer. And when somebody asks, you don't have to make up some excuse because my excuse was going to be like, Oh, something else came up. But what it was really just, I don't want to go anymore. And I just simply want to stay at home and like veg out on the couch. Like it was simple as that. And, um, something that I was thinking of as you were talking was like this need for people to understand us is like, we get to ask ourselves, where is that coming from? Is that really coming from like this heart led place where from our heart, we're saying them gaining a deeper understanding is going to help in both your growth and their growth. Or is this coming from an ego place of like a wounded place of, I really just need you to understand me because I don't know why you don't understand me. And just like going into this, like this, this circle, like I just see, I use, I have been in this circle, this hamster wheel. I just see like a hamster wheel. I've been in that so many times in my life of just like trying to get somebody to understand my point of view and like where I'm coming from. And to me, that just screams like external validation because I'm coming from this place of ego. Like I need somebody to validate me externally that what I'm feeling and what I'm saying is making sense because it's making sense, like, because I don't know that it's making sense to me or like, I don't know where this is coming from or however that looks right is we need somebody else to say that it also makes sense. And so then we get into this hamster wheel and we feel like if they don't understand me, then I'm just going to keep running and then I'm going to run faster. And then I'm going to, you know, like, and it gets, it, it, like you said, it's exhausting. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And it's that feeling of, um, I often, what I see so often with my clients and I see it still come up with me sometimes is that I'm judging my own experience. So if I'm feeling mm -hmm. hurt by something or something's coming up for me, I start telling myself, you know, oh, I don't like, come on, Katie, get over that. Or, you know why you're doing that. Or, you know why, whatever. And that is literally the biggest thing that blocks women from actually having the experience and feeling whatever emotion that is because they jump to their heads and start trying to process and analyze. Mm. And that can happen when we start doing that. That's when we want the other person to also like analyze it with us and know what we're experiencing and understand us so that we can get rid of that emotion. Mm. When really experience it, it's okay. It's okay that we're experiencing it, but, and you know, work I do sometimes with couples is so often when the woman gets into, and I'm being very general here, man, woman, but um, when the woman gets into that hamster wheel, it exhausts the man and the man basically puts up a wall. 
and he shuts, he, he refuses to validate those emotions, which just has the woman start banging on the, it's like, you know, a little kid who's like screaming, no, 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 listen to me. And the guy's like, I can't. I, I don't want to anymore. And it perpetuates the cycle. So if there are any men out there listening, sometimes just saying, I get it, even if you don't get it, we'll have that screaming little girl go right, quiet, right back down. It's so, so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have experienced that so many times. So that's just a hot tip for the dudes out there. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about this, like, uh, argument that my husband and I had in Hawaii like we're on our honeymoon and whatever and he was leading me to this place and I didn't know where we were going I didn't understand like why we were going there dressed in our like full clothes and not our bathing suit because he wanted to go cliff jumping and I was like I just don't understand and I I kept asking him questions and, and repeating the questions because they weren't being asked and you know reflecting back on it it was as simple as like me being able to stop and say, hey, let's like stop for just one second. I have all these questions and whether they're answered or not, I just need to voice them and I need you to hear them and I need you to know that I have these questions. Um, Because we get like, when we get into that hamster wheel, we, we we don't realize how, we don't realize how easy it is to like change what's happening. It's as simple as like, okay, let's stop for a second and have this conversation or let's like walk away from each other for like five minutes and then come back when we're both a little bit more centered and regrouped because you getting, like you said, like you getting into that hamster wheel and him putting up the walls, neither of you are going to be able to hear and you're just going to start like hitting heads and that's not, Mm -hmm. um, it's not healthy for your relationship and nor is it like something that you want to experience in a relationship. And so simple. And neither does he no no he's like why is this happening i remember that conversation and he's like you're being annoying like what why are you being like this and it to me it was like i i was that little girl that needed to know that she was safe but i didn't know how to express that because i was so much in my head so much in my ego and not like taking a second to drop into my heart and like taking a deep breath and it's it's not something that like comes easy it takes practice to get there but just like you know just know that like you get into that hamster wheel and you can get out of it by taking a deep breath and dropping back into your heart or walking away from the conversation or whatever it is that you feel like is going to help that conversation instead of hinder it yeah well it's so interesting you say that because um one of the biggest things that's and that really leads into asking for what you need Mm -hmm. in your relationship because because oftentimes what we don't even get to a place to know what we need. We're so in that hamster wheel that we don't even know that we just want to feel safe or we're in a bitchy whatever mood when really all we want is a hug. But until we take that time to actually remove ourselves or take a break, and I actually have a little guide to help women do that because there are a few steps that we can take is to actually stop, breathe, and remove yourself so that you can actually get in touch with what you need because Mm. that little pouty tantrumy girl is really loud. And we have to actually get in relationship with her so that we can find out what really it is that she wants. And then just ask for that. Like if you had just said, hey, I'm feeling really unsafe 
all your husband wants is for you to trust him and to know this is going to be great. And what's possible from that space in a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But when we come at them with all these other things with the tantrum girl, we can't even get to that place of what the core need is that we really want met. And if we can't even get there, how are we going to expect our partner to understand or even see it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like we, we can't expect them to read between the lines. Like they're not inside of our brains. They can't read our minds and you know, our, our minds are, <laughs> are very complicated things. And um, you know, the masculine energy just thrives off of the ability to like meet somebody and to like help them in their safety to, to create this space that they feel safe in. And so when we get into that, like you're saying, when we get into that tantrum mood, we're actually like wounding the masculine, like that wounded masculine comes out. And that's why the walls go up is because we are not allowing that safe space to be and they don't understand why. And, and then they like, you know, it's just this like vicious cycle. Um, it's, it's so vicious. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, yes. And it's like, you know, even now being a little bit more conscious of like how to communicate with my husband and express my desires and like actually ask for what I want. Even now I still have my moments where I get into that little girl state. And I think it's so important for people to know that like you're, you can do all of this work and you're still going to go into that state, but it's how, how you manage it when you get into that state it's going to change how you deal with it. Like we were talking about before we got on here, we were feeling really like bitchy and grumpy yesterday and our ability to communicate what we want is, is going to, my ability to communicate yesterday with my husband, hey, I just need to like, need you to stop talking and hug me. That was my changing the way that I am in that state. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it, and that's the thing. She, that little girl is going to be with us forever. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, you know, when the more we can also separate her from who we are today. So we, when we feel that come up, because sometimes it's so strong that it feels so much the truth. It's totally us. She takes over. And the more that we can actually start to detach from her and listen to her almost as a separate entity and say, thank you. Got it. Now I know where this is coming from this is what I really need. And the adult me is going to make that powerful request from a place of love and power and strength and ownership with the person that we have made, been in a commitment with to be there for each other in that space. Mm, yes. You can't see me on the podcast, obviously, but I'm just over here like, yes, shaking my head. She's, she's digging it, everybody. She's digging it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, so much of the work that I do is like, connecting with your inner child, making sure that, that you know that your inner child exists. Because before I got into the personal development state and I would, our personal development space, and I would go into that state of like, um, of like just throwing a temper tantrum, I never understood what it was. And when we're able to kind of understand a little bit more of what something is, we are able to release that judgment that we hold against it. And then that allows us to get into a state of thriving. And so, yeah, I just, I love this conversation and I love everything that's like coming and blossoming out of this because it's, it's everything that I need to hear today and everything that like everybody that's listening needs to hear every day. Like we all need to hear this and be reminded that like 
it's always going to be there and just make friends mm-hmm. with it. When you, when you vibrate in a state of love, when you tune into the frequency of love, you are allowing yourself to thrive and to experience joy. And that doesn't mean that you are not going to be in your shadow. It just means that you're going to be able to manage your shadow in a different way, hold a different light to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm digging that. For those of you who can't see me, I'm like, oh, yes. 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 Well, um, I feel like we could just probably go on and and talk forever um, about this, but I think it's a good place to kind of like wrap up the conversation. But I want to ask you before we go, like if somebody wants to find you, where is it that they can find you and learn more about you? Great question. So easiest place to find me is on Instagram. I am at Katie L. O'Connor, K-A-T-I-E-L-O-C-O-N-N-O-R. And in my Instagram, there is actually a link where you can download a little guide for how to go from tantrum to grounded, incredible, beautiful goddess asking for what she wants really easily. I'm going to go and So check that out. It's in the link in my bio. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and then on Facebook too, follow me on Facebook, Katie O'Connor. And um, yeah, keep in touch because lots of fun things are coming out, out mm. in my Canadian accent, which everyone always calls me on. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be sure to link those in the, uh, the show notes so that you guys can like easily go there and you're not like, oh my God, I can't find her because I misspelled something or whatever. So those will be linked in there. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for vulnerably sharing about your story and just being so open. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I, it was such a pleasure connecting with you. Wonderful. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to another beautiful episode of Unearthing You. If you are loving the show and find value in it, I would be incredibly grateful if you head on over to iTunes to leave a review. Please feel free to leave any suggestions or questions in your review or send an email to hello at chelseasyllabon.com with any questions or guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.